Hey guys, this is CK from Geeks Inherited the Earth. Today we have a very special guest. Uh, we are honored and privileged to have Mr. Ed Asner, a living legend, here talking oh. to us in the studio. <laughs> um, you may know him from, well, everything. From everything from the Mary Tyler Moore Show where he played the uh, incomparable Lou Grant. Um, the best Santa Claus ever from The Elf. Uh, a voice from many animated series such as Gargoyles. Bonkers, even. Uh, JC, uh, do you want to add to some of our titles that we have here? Up, uh, Pixar's up. You got If you're doing voiceover work, you have to put in Carl. That's a legendary role. Carl's uh, wonderful, yeah. And he's here in support of his, what, second book now? Yeah. What book are you work, uh, do you have out right now, um, Mr. Asner? What? What are Yeah, The uh, Sound of a Junk Man. Yeah. Well, it's supposedly coming out this week. It's uh, well, my wife is The Son of a Junk Man. I'm proud of it. So you grew up in Kansas City. Yeah. Is, is this book just the distance from Kansas City to Hollywood, or do we get some insider stories of you in Hollywood as well? I don't think you get many inside stories. Uh, there aren't any inside stories. You're I took a... the money and ran. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to hear. You've always been a working man, and I appreciate that. Um, Thank you. I'm a, kid, I'm a child of Nick at Night. Uh, I grew up me with too. it, JC as well. Um, the Mary Tyler Moore Show was very formative for me. Um, I think that Lou Grant is one of the most interesting characters as far as character growth goes on television during that time. Uh, for a lot of folks, I think that he started off a little bit gruff, and they thought he was a mean man. As as the show went on, the character, you understood that he was a, 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 a very good, wholesome man. He no. was... Lovable curmudgeon. Yeah, lovable curmudgeon. Then <laughs> they've never had a boss. People who complain about Lou <laughs> don't know what they're talking about. They have a money in business. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, you're 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 known for the line about spunk. <laughs> this is my all-time favorite line in sitcom history. It was the first episode of Mary Tyler Moore Show I ever saw. It was a Nick at Night. I remember seeing that and going, oh, okay, I know what I want to do with my life now. I want to be a funny guy. <laughs> well, I, um, I truly feel terrible that I'm known for that line of spunk. Because I think it's the most admirable thing in the world to have spunk. <laughs> agreed, agreed. I, I, <laughs> um, you're full of spunk, obviously, and uh, we are too. And you know, it's just super cool that that you would say that because I figured that's how you felt about it. I'm full of what? <laughs> <laughs> yep, I did that. My bad. <laughs> may, may you be filled with spunk yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm I'm making that my new tagline now. So, um, just to get into the meat and bones of uh, a couple things, something I was wondering, I was watching a, a bit of a documentary about you, and um, something happened during the Lou Grant era uh, with the El Salvador thing. Um, can you expand yeah. on it at all? Well, I, uh, uh, I've always been a leftist, and uh, at that time, I was made aware of the cruelties imposed on the people of El Salvador, the murders taking place, the disfranchisement of the poor. And um, 
Uh, also, the fact that the United States was busy training future Salvadoran leaders to uh, be oppressive leaders by educating them at the School of the Americas, which is uh, based in the South. I guess not too far from Knoxville, as a matter of fact. Probably not. No, I, I remember this too. And um, Kimberly Clark had two factories in uh, El Salvador at the time, and they did not like the way I was talking about the establishment in El Salvador. So um, they called for a boycott of the uh, Lou Grant show. And it spread, the virus spread, and uh, finally, um, uh, I guess, uh, William S. Paley was the head of CBS at the time. And he um, reacted strongly to my utterances on El Salvador and took measures to shut me up, canceled the show. Essentially, McCarthyism in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. I, I figure you only need one blacklist in a century. Because <laughs> <laughs> it'll scare the hell out of everybody. And they'll mind their P's and Q's that they won't get caught being outspoken. I was going to ask something that uh, I've, 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 from watching a little bit about you in the last uh, couple of months here. Uh, so you got to work with Elvis, and I'm a huge Elvis fan, so I just wanted to know what that was like. Well, it was like, uh, he was a good guy, a nice guy. The, uh, the first time I worked with him was on Kid Galahad. And at that point, he had an entourage following him around. Uh, later on, he... Uh, he uh, Cleaned up his act quite a bit uh, when we made the movie Change of Habit. And he became a much slicker article, but still a good guy. That's very cool. Uh, I also saw that uh, you got involved very early in the Second City days. How did you get involved into that? Well, I, uh, I came from the group that uh, spawned the Second City. Oh, wow, that I didn't know. That's awesome. Yeah, headed by Paul Sills. And um, I, didn't, I didn't do improv at that time, but I certainly approved of it strongly. And uh, they welcomed me into their fold when they had their 25th reunion. That's, that's it. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, that, 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 that's more than enough. Uh, yeah, that's... So you got started uh, doing stage work uh, during your military service, correct? No, I tried to. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was an amateur actor at the time, and I was stationed at Fort Monmouth, New Jersey. So I uh, went in to see the special services officer of the time, and um, I said, I'm an actor, and uh, I'd like to get in special services. He looked at me and said, ha! And he said, we're 50 miles from New York. What the hell do we need you for? 
Uh, Ouch. Yeah, you got a point there. <laughs> so I immediately went back to my duties of learning or trying to learn how to be a radar repairman and gave up my special services option. You moved from that on to uh, doing stage work with second, well, what would be the Second City. And uh, honestly, you worked on an amazing project to me. Uh, Howard, When Howard Hawks was making his uh, trilogy, what I call it, the Hawks uh, El Dorado trilogy, um, what was it like working with Hawks and John Wayne? Well, Wayne was intimidating, naturally. I was... Uh, uh, sucker from uh, Kansas City, but uh, Hawks was very nice, very, very nice, and uh, I offered my opinion on changing a line here, changing a line there, he accepted it graciously, and uh, uh, I later pissed him off because uh, my, my suite, I took a suite because I had twins at the time. So my wife would come visit me, and I wanted enough room to put us all up. Right. And uh, so my room was right next to Hawks. And I kept him up on uh, with the entertaining I was doing. Oh, yeah. So he, re- he, he, got, he got very angry about that. And uh, he forbid everybody to uh, take off from going to old Tucson, whether they were working or not. Because of me, they had to come to work and sit around and do nothing. So uh, I paid the price. Well, I mean, (sighs) times were different. Well, there is no excuse. You can't get away with it. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was wrong, and he was right. And you can suffer in hell for all I care. (laughs) <laughs> so that's what I like about you. You got your, you got a lot of integrity, and I, I appreciate uh, that. I got spunk. You got, that, <laughs> you got spunk. spunk. <laughs> you got spunk. So uh, you've got a very, very, very prolific uh, catalog for voice acting. Uh, what got you interested into doing voice acting work? Well, it's work. That's it's the best it. answer possible. <laughs> you get, you get to impersonate somebody without having to shave. <laughs> Do you have any favorites that you've done? Well, I like Granny Good. I thought she was uh, she was a piece of work. Yeah, I love I, lo- I love that character from DC. Um, you did amazing with that on the Justice League shows and everything. I mean, th- she's one of my favorite characters just in general. She's wild and uh, it's just a rambunctious character, and I love it. Absolutely love it. I have to agree. That's my favorite that you've done, probably. Well, that's nice. I I like them all. I like them all. I like Cosgrove and his imbecility and and uh, let's go get a milkshake, huh? Uh, okay. Whatever you say, Cosgrove. Uh, they're all nonsense. Uh, Ed Ed Wunkler, Wunkler. Yeah, Ed Wunkler. I love Ed Wunkler. <laughs> On Boondocks. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I was hoping this would get brought up. That I I love that character. <laughs> Aaron Magruder uh, didn't, didn't uh, push it hard enough. He should have featured me more. Sales <laughs> wrong with him. 
you, you need more. I, I, hey, it's coming back. So I'm just saying. I, I, I want to be restored in the eyes of the public. <laughs> I absolutely loved you in Gargoyles, by the way. Uh, we've uh, talked to another one of the the voice actors from there, and they all apparently just adored you, uh, being able to work with you on that show. Oh, what the hell do they know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But that was a lot of fun. It was a very good group to work with. Well, I mean, with Disney Plus coming out now, uh, the, there's some you're getting so much exposure for so many shows that you were in, uh, from from Gargoyles to uh, to even Bonkers. I, I forgot that you did a voice in Bonkers. There's so much you've done so much voice work. Family Guy, American Dad. I mean, the, the list is huge. I forgot I did Bonkers. I, I don't even remember what I did there. <laughs> you were in one episode. You were in one episode. One episode. <laughs> Yeah. I got screwed. <laughs> you did. No, you did. I, th- I think that the new- the Ed Asner deal needs to be at least six episodes plus. Yeah, we need to get on that for sure. Yeah. Everybody uh, needs to know. Hashtag, what the hell's wrong with that? <laughs> hashtag six seasons in a movie, Ed Asner. Uh, uh, we better straighten that situation out real fast. Yeah, we, we need to. Also, you, you recently played God on stage. Um in a way, with um, the play that you did, God Help Us. Yeah. I'm um, going uh, to Madison, Madison, Wisconsin on the 10th to, um, to do God Help Us. So for those of us who don't know uh, about God Help Us, could you describe it for us? Well, uh, uh, how was that? Uh, Perfect. Absolutely. Great, great soundbite. <laughs> God is dissatisfied with the way the world is acting. So he decides to uh, try to bring together a couple who were lovers at one time, but finally split because they disagreed so often on their socio political uh, duties and uh, tries to work it out with these two. Uh, he fails there too, and finally hits upon a solution which allows him to describe that remedy for the world. Walking in each other's shoes is that remedy. That's awesome. Yeah, that's needed right did, now. <laughs> did you write this one, or was this like a collaborative thing? Or what? No, Senator Joseph Warren and uh, uh, the man responsible for the Fireside Theater. Hmm. which was uh, a very popular uh, comedy show uh, for four years. The reason I was asking is it seems so close to, like, I, I know uh, uh, your book Grouchy Historian, it seems like it just this is like a natural progression right after uh, Grouchy Historian, if you'd like to talk about that at all, too. Well, uh, I got together with Ed Weinberger, who was a producer-writer on the Mary Tyler Moore show, and he wanted my help in... Uh, putting together the Grouchy Historian, and I, I e- eagerly jumped aboard, and together most of the work was his, and I'm proud to be associated with it. Well, you've always, uh, you've always been in uh, political things and doing political stuff, and speaking of uh, Salvador, you were in JFK with Oliver Stone. Uh, what was that like, and how did that affect your outlook on the whole 
JFK thing in general. Well, I agreed with that. I, uh, uh, I thought Oliver is a brilliant filmmaker, and uh, I, I was honored to be in it, uh, especially giving me the chance to knock the hell out of Jack Lemmon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You did. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, that was a great role. Um, you were uh, Guy Bannister in that, I do believe. That was the yeah. yeah, yeah, a real piece of work. Yeah, man, that guy. Whoo, wow. Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> the FBI was all over that, weren't they? Yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> so we the- uh, we uh, we we have a very checkered history in terms of our politics. Well, I'm also on the 9-11 Committee of Lawyers. They, uh, they honored me by asking me to join. And, uh, we want to get the, uh, the truth out there as quickly as possible, wherever we can, to, uh, to shriek about the guilt It definitely was a hard time for this country and uh, a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah. So uh, how prolific of a voice do you have to be and how much work do you have to be to get honored like that? Like, has this just been a personal crusade or has this just been Ed Asner being Ed Asner? Uh, I guess it's a little of each. But uh, it's, it's, it's amazing how people don't like to talk about it don't like to confront the question concerning 9-11. I think for some people, like, uh, uh, it's been enough time where some people might be too young, some people might be too afraid, and it's mostly just too afraid, and they're going to find an excuse to say too afraid. Yeah. I think it's way more brave to be able to sit there and start the dialogue, so uh, that's very commendable, sir. It's like, it's like finding out that there's no Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. It, I, that actually ties well together with uh, you. Like I said, you played the best Santa. Ever. Yeah, you are my. You're, that's how my daughter knows you. Is you're you're her favorite Santa, and uh, you're and you're the voice of up. That's how she knows you. <laughs> I mean, you, you've you've been Santa quite a few times, or at least Santa like roles. Uh, it's uh, the, uh, is that something that people just look at you and go, "Yeah, man, that works." <laughs> or, I am. I, I'm not Santa. You know that. <laughs> We have to make that clear, guys, okay? Ed Asner isn't actually Santa. No, I'm not Sid. <laughs> I can fill out your suit very nicely. <laughs> so for as prolific as, as all of your roles have been, is there any role that you wish you could have done? No. Wow. Right, right now, I'd like to be President of the United States. <laughs> I think I'd like that, too. Yeah, I'd like that. I'd vote. I'd, I'd vote, vote for, for you. Yes. Ed Asner, 2020. Okay. We're starting it right now, right here. We'll sign you guys up. <laughs> send, send us a mailer. <laughs> I think they're letting. Money. I think they're just letting anybody walk on stage for those debates right now, anyway. So you probably have more credentials than anybody up there, anyway. So you'd be good. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> That's all I can promise you. I'll do my best. Bring this. I won't cheat. And thank God for that. Bring the sponge. Sure. 
Bring the Risk. spunk. Yeah, that could be your Bring campaign slogan. Bring the slunk. <laughs> Uh, I had a side question here that's just pretty much apropos of nothing. I had no idea this was even a thing. Uh, I was scrolling through and Googling around on you, and apparently you're a part of the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund? Yeah. Okay, uh, This is our, a lot of our audience are just gigantic. I say the majority of our audience are gigantic comic book nerds and everything. Could you explain this to us? Well, it's all part of free speech. Uh, comic books were an essential part of my growing up. So why wouldn't I defend them and uh, and thanks? What, what what did you read growing up? My favorite comic book character was uh, Plastic Man. Yes. Plastic Man. Yes. Oh, I love Plastic Man. He's so funny and and so quippy and it's such a cool character. Uh, yeah. The cool outfit a, too. Uh, but I I like the the usual. Uh, uh, classic comics I loved. Uh, I loved uh, Batman and Superman. Can't can't complain. Man, that's uh, that, that's all. I mean, I, honestly, I didn't know that you were that you were into comics, and that's amazing for our listener base because it just lets everybody know once again that it's okay to read comics, guys, and it's okay <laughs> to tell people you read comics because it inspired so many people, including legends at, like Ed Asner. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, this, Long may they wave. This makes me very happy because I know that you played, uh, that, well, you played, you did the voice of uh, Jonah Jameson in the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so this makes me so happy. Does, does, do you feel... Do you, <laughs> he did. That yeah, man. Do you feel like over the years that, they, that somehow they've tried to make Jonah Jameson into like a Lou Grant character? I don't, I've never thought of it that way. I, I, I find... Lou would be much more attractive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, when, I was a, when I was a kid and I was watching Mary Tyler Moore, I was also watching George Reeves' uh, Superman show. And all I could think yeah. to myself was, what a tragedy it was that you weren't Perry White. Oh, that would have been amazing. Because that role was... After seeing Lou Grant, I can see you just totally transitioning into Perry White in the films and being an amazing Perry White. No discredit to anyone who played Perry. But I'm just saying. I know. I know. That's that's to me, fella. I'm all embracing. <laughs> I rule the world. <laughs> you went that way. I, after he mentioned Batman, I'm like, oh, he would make an amazing Commissioner Gordon. Oh, that too. Yeah. Ah, there we go. But pretty soon sure you'll have me doing Trump. <laughs> Absolutely stunning. Uh, also, you you were in a very important film to, uh, I mean, to American culture in general, and that was Roots. Uh, you played Captain Davies, uh, another very nuanced character that that was against what he was doing. He understood the problems with slavery, and uh, uh, was that a very important role for you? Did did you feel like you had a lot to bring to it? Yeah, well, I, I I felt it was my duty to do it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that white actors wouldn't be jumping aboard. Well, white actors wanted to do that show so badly they were w- willing to break each other's legs. Oh, I'm sure. So it was a, it was a good outpouring on the part of American actors to see their eagerness to participate in this celebration of our heritage. 
it, it's it's still one of the most amazing miniseries of all time. It's I mean top five that's ever been on television. Impactful, amazing, uh, stunning. Your performance was great. Like I said, nuanced. You always brought nuance. You know, people. I, I'd heard at one point that somebody told you you weren't funny enough to be Lou Grant. And, <laughs> and, and when you first auditioned, and then you brought the funny, and they were like, "Oh no, Ed Asner's very funny." I read that and thought it was a rumor. I was afraid to bring it up and ask, but now that it, now the cat's out of the bag. Uh, so what's the story, Mister Asner? Oh, I I read for it, and uh, Jim Brooks, one of the two producers, said. Well, that was a very intelligent reading, and I muttered to myself, yeah, but it wasn't funny. <laughs> have you back to reading with Mary. I want you to read it this way, that way, this way, this way, this way, this And he confounded me. And I said, well, yeah. look, uh, rather than have me back, why don't you have me try it that way now? Let's see if I can do it. And if I don't do it, don't have me back. I've never talked that way before or since. So they said, well, we got another appointment. But go ahead. Go ahead. So I tried it, and they laughed their asses off. <laughs> and uh, they said, read it just like that when you come back to read with Mary. So I said, what did I do to do that? What did I do to warrant that approval? I didn't know what the hell I had done. I kept trying to remind myself all the two weeks of waiting. Finally, I came in to read with Mary, and I read it like an idiot, crazy, wild, uh, un, un, uh, unpoliced. And um, they laughed again. And when I uh, left the room, Mary was, poor child, was sitting there, and she said, turned to them, and she said, are you sure? Meaning that that's what you want for Lou Grant? And they said, that's your Lou Grant. Okay. So I went on to great fame and success, thanks to them. Very nice. You know, if you go back and look at uh, the the setting for Mary Tyler Moore Show when it happens, like so many people over the years have said that that was like, such a milestone for feminist in television or equality in television. Like, did it feel that way when you guys were working on it, or was this just a, like, a oh, cool no, job? No, not at all. Not at all. Really? I'm amazed when I hear talk of that way. But I guess women were such an oppressed lot at the time that any progress was a success for them. That's very true. I mean, it was, yeah. it was a fight. It was an uphill battle, so any progress was progress. It was a rough time. Yeah. You won a lot of, you've won a lot of awards, man. Uh, uh, <laughs> you were the, uh, you've won more Emmys than any male actor, is that right? Like seven? I suppose, but it was counting. <laughs> uh, according to Wikipedia, seven, they are. And five <laughs> of those were for Luke Rance. <laughs> oh, what do they know? Well, anybody can edit Wikipedia, but I believe it's more than that. They're just lying. They don't. They're gonna. No. Yeah, they're they're co- they're they're covering up the truth. <laughs> they're they're, they're, they're yeah, it's uh, WikiGate. Well, they've been fun to win. So, uh, going back to your new book here, uh, as we're winding down here, is is there any? Uh, 
uh, for someone who who doesn't isn't very familiar with your work, you know, you're, this is is this just the journey from Kansas City to Hollywood? Is this like what formed you as an actor, or is this more about your family or your or your upbringing or your past? Uh, you mean Silver Jonathan? Yes, sir. No, it it entails the fact that I uh, began acting as an amateur at the University of Chicago, where I went for my first year of college. Got so hooked on acting that I dropped out and uh, spent the time working either in Chicago or Kansas City. Got on the uh, line for making cars. Assembly line. Assembly line. There you go. Yeah. And uh, I made cars in Kansas City and then uh, I said I'd never go back and do that again, but uh, when I finally dropped out of college and stayed on Chicago, and I, I uh, got a job at the steel mills in Gary, and that was a dollar thirty an hour. And then I found out that they were paying a dollar eighty an hour uh, on the assembly line at Ford in Chicago. So I grudgingly went and signed up for that. Mm-hmm. Got a job working on the assembly line in Chicago. And uh, stayed there until the Army got me. I put about two years in the Army. Came back and there was a letter waiting for me from Paul Stills, who started our first theater. Playwrights Theater Club. And I spent a week at home and went up to Chicago and launched my career. That is amazing. And what a career it has been. I mean, I feel like we could have done an hour with you just reading off all of the credits for everything that you've done. It is really absolutely outstanding and uh there's books on top of this you've you've been the president of sag like this is this is crazy and uh, there's one question i wanted to ask just as uh, it's a stupid fanboy question I, i'm sorry but uh uh me and my daughter's favorite movie to watch together is up and i've read so much about uh the voice acting work for pixar is it true you're really just doing like even if it's a grunt's like the same grunt like a hundred times for them to pick the best one? Like how how many overdubs, how many retries do they do for Pixar and like how how's it with like they've gotta really have some confidence in this to go to Ed Asner and be like, Hey, could you do that seventy five times? Um, no, I've never had to do that. Uh, I uh, the one big incident that happened we were late, late at lunch one day, and so we were all hurrying to get back to work. And uh, there was a curb that had lights on it and everything, but I didn't see it in in the studio. And I didn't see it, and I tripped, and I came barreling with my head into a, a steel-covered corner of a of a, of the room mm. and slid my head over. Mm. So I'm lying there dazed and dizzy and bleeding to death. And uh, I finally said, well, we, uh, we better get me over to St. Joseph's Hospital, which is across the street. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they got me up and 
bundled me up and took me to St. Joe's and they put in six shingles, hinges, of what do they call them? Staples. Staples? Staples. Yeah. Hinges. <laughs> oh, boy. Staples in <laughs> my hair. Oof. And uh, then I came back and I did the day's work. <laughs> and it probably was the best work I ever did. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, it's, it's a little bleeding to do good work. you got to bleed for the work, yeah. Yes, you got to suffer to make it great, <laughs> Sometimes, right? Sometimes, literally, we suffer for our art. Yeah, yeah. I've got a final question for you here as we're leading out here. The foreword uh, for your new book, uh, uh, Son of a Jump Man, is by Paul Rudd. And uh, you think you've also done some stage work with Paul Rudd as well? Like, uh, uh, how did you and Paul Rudd hook up? How did all this start? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he's from Kansas City, too. Oh. And uh, <laughs> Michael Storm and Michael's uh, Michael's lady. And uh, they brought the four of us together, and we did Grace on Broadway. Uh, one last thing I'm going to say before we uh, head on our way out. Um, yeah. A recommendation. First of all, I, I just want to say thank you so much because it's been an honor uh you've been with us our entire lives and uh we hope that you're with us for way longer um you can't i want you to guys serve as pallbearers when the time comes absolutely Absolutely. that's that's on record yeah (laughs) geeks inherited the earth we'll be there all right (laughs) yeah we'll and uh thank you for your role in the recent doom patrol episode because that was hilarious and it was fantastic I'm probably not as fantastic as my Jeff of the Hut. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Well, yeah, as we're heading out of here, uh, Mr. Asner, thank you for your time. And for our listeners, please go check out Son of a Junk Man and Grouchy Historian, two great books by a living legend. And uh, pretty much any show that you've ever liked, chances are he did a voice on it. The legendary Mr. Ed Asner, thank you so much for coming with us today and doing this interview. Uh, it's a great honor as a lifelong fan to be able to sit down and speak with you, sir. Pleasure dealing with you, too. I'll tell you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. We'll see you on the flip side. You bet your ass. <laughs> <laughs>